You're listening to What the History, a podcast where two nerds talk about some awesome, crazy, random stuff you probably don't remember learning about, but you're going to now. Hey, nerds, welcome back to season two of What the History. It is Casey and Sarah here bringing you a topic that was relevant a month ago, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but is probably still relevant now. <laughs> Yeah, we don't even know if Washington still exists when you're listening to this because before the inauguration as we record this. So yep. if we say anything that is in very bad taste on Thursday, we didn't know. Shit. I didn't even think of that like straight up like because this isn't even getting released for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. like, we don't even know if we're saying something really we'll terrible edit it after this week. <laughs> Yeah, like for sure. Yeah, we'll just have to just wait till after Wednesday and see like what's yeah. still happening. Yeah, <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, this is our first episode back. Um, yeah, and it's crazy relevant because, like Sarah said, we are talking about um, the burning of Washington D.C. circa eighteen fourteen. Not I called it in my notes the siege <laughs> part one. <laughs> I was just gonna say I was like, or the burning of Washington part one, uh, because part two just happened on January 6th. So <laughs> everything's fine. 2021 is really shaping up to be, mm-hmm. you know, another year. <laughs> to be fair, the one we're gonna talk about today was worse. Yes. Oh, for sure. For so sure. that should make us feel a little better. Yeah, and actually, we got this idea because so many news channels were like, the last time this has happened was in uh, the War of 1812. And I was like, when we talked about topics, I was like, oh, this would be a really good, but also mildly (laughs) effed up thing for us to do right now. Because I was like, I'd never really heard of it that that had Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, I remember hearing about it because I feel like and you probably are going to correct me and I should know this for sure. But um, like the White House wasn't always white. And then oh, I've heard when they that. rebuilt it, I think it was something like that. But again, I don't actually know if yeah, that's know true or sure. not. So, but yeah, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to talk about the causes of the War of 1812 um, and the reasons why Washington, D.C. was attacked. So <laughs> I didn't realize until I was like halfway through my research with this that I was like, this is boring. Like American history, rather. Like we do this I don't every know. time. We're like, let's I talk know. about this war. Oh, war is boring. I don't care. I, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like I think it's also just the fact that I've always been a person that has appreciated the world outside of the United States in terms of history. And like I've traveled a lot. Like I've been really, really fortunate. So for me, yeah. going back to like, you know, why America's mad at Britain, it's just like I find I don't all know. war equally boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I'm not even really going to talk about the war itself. I'm literally going to just talk about the causes and how those lead to Fair. what happens, basically, because, you know, I still would like us to have listeners uh, post this. Right. So, <laughs> OK, so at the start of the 1800s, Britain and Napoleon's France were entangled in a pretty nasty conflict, which is the Napoleonic Wars, because they couldn't come up with anything better to name mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so each side was attempting to block the United States from trading with the enemy as a way to cut off supplies and make it harder for the other side to fight. So both Britain and France are basically trying to screw over American trade, which if you know anything about America and capitalism, that's not going to fly with them. Right. Um, So this got to the point where in 1807, the British passed something called the Orders in Council, which sounds pretty badass, Mm -hmm. but it's actually just like 
stating that any neutral nation had to get a license before they could trade with the French or their colonies. So basically America, like you almost had to like go. I was watching a video on this. So you basically had to like, if you were trading with France or parts of Europe, you had to go to Britain and dock and then pay taxes and then you could leave. And obviously that's like super shitty and expensive. And on top of that, the British Royal Navy had this really bad habit of removing seamen. <laughs> seamen. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple good names for this one too. I'm oh, God. stoked. So they had a bad habit of removing seamen from, I can't say it. <laughs> Just oh, actually men. Men sea at men. sea. Men at sea. But like I'm, I'm picturing so many things. Oh, for when sure. I say the words removing right. semen. So, yep. Excuse me. Bad habit they, of removing semen. They took dudes from the boats. <laughs> they were on U.S. merchant ships um, and they forced them into service for the British Navy. So fun fact, there were actually a lot of immigrants from Britain to the America to the Americas to America at the time. So it actually wasn't uncommon for the British ships to actually just be finding former British citizens or like in this case, like that I have in my notes, they were stopping and searching for deserting British sailors who basically were like done with fighting for Britain, especially in the Napoleonic Wars. But the Americans saw this as insulting and a huge pain in the ass to like, you know, go about their free trade and their ability to do business. On top of that, American settlers were also trying to expand further west, you know, which is problematic in and of itself, which was imposing on the first um, nations of Native Americans. So all of the Native American groups that already lived there and owned the land um, and controlled the land were basically being pushed further and further west. And the British had been accused of supporting the First Nations in resisting American expansion, which further pissed the Americans off. So basically, the British are just like supporting Native Americans, knowing full well that this is going to totally like fuck up the Americans' ability for you know, manifest destiny. Okay. So TLDR, the British were interfering with the newly established nation. And this war kind of feels more like the Revolutionary War 2.0. And the Americans. Yeah, right. So I had to check. I was like 1814. They already were like, we were already independent. Why do they care? Yeah, no, this is like, I mean, what we got our independence of in 83, I think 1783. So really, it's only been like a handful of years, like a couple of decades. And I think at this point, Jefferson is the president. So it's not even like we're super far into leadership or anything either. Right. So it definitely it is the end of Hamilton. Yeah. And it's also American history knowledge. (laughs) It's also the beginning of Bridgerton. So if anyone out there has watched that, it's the same time frame. Um, (laughs) which is why I was actually more excited to do this because I just read the book. And oh, I've been watching nice. the series and I'm like, oh, shit, I know what's going on in England at the time for the yeah. ton. But like in reality, like no, 99% no, of England exactly was not like on. this. No, yeah. everything that <laughs> was happening in Bridgerton is what was going on. I fucking wish, dude. Did you see that show? Oh, yes. My God, he's so hot. He's extremely attractive. The, and like, he's sad and he has daddy issues. It's great. <sighs> He's like perfect. Oh I my know. god. Oh my god. I'm like having like flash. I'm like it's very warm in my office all of a sudden. And I'm just like having flashbacks to like just the way he speaks and how he's just so like yeah, like you said he's like so sad and sad. serious. I love it. But like he just wants to be loved, but like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We're fine. 
gonna take a sip of water uh-huh. <laughs> also fun fact uh when they declared war on june 18th 1812 the united states was the first to declare war sorry what i mean by that is this is the first time that america declares war on another nation um okay. because technically the independent the war for independence was i mean you can't call america a country officially they were still right we weren't america Right, we were still rebelling colonies. So, right. yeah, it's different. So, <laughs> if you've made it this far and you're not just going to turn this off and go watch Bridgerton <laughs> for seven hours, which would be first fair. of all, thank you. Like, <laughs> wow, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> the British went after DC for a couple specific reasons. So, really, to make a very long story short, the War of 1812 was like a weird war for the British for the first couple of years because they were still fighting with France and they had to put as much focus on um, defeating Napoleon than like going into America and trying to fight off the, um, I almost said the colonists, the Americans. Mm-hmm. So they had to take a lot more of a defensive strategy at the start of the War of 1812. And so much of their focus was kind of just like sending any backups that they could to Canada. Um, and the United States kind of focused on going after Canada, which I always forget was like British territory. Yeah. Like, so it's so funny. One of my students the other day, he was like, oh, Miss Fitzgerald, why don't we ever talk about Canada? And I had no answer. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't know. And well, I feel bad. I know because it's like they do. St- I feel like they don't do much, but I'm sure they do stuff. And I just don't oh, know. Yeah, for sure. And and it's funny because he's like, well, I mean, to be fair, they kind of come in at the end of everything. Right. And <laughs> I was like, actually, that's a good point. Like, yeah. They're kind of just there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're just but like, I- OK, well, we're here if you need us. Yeah, but I feel like they have such a cool story. Maybe we'll do the history of Canada <laughs> and it will just be a series. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked to Canadians and we're like, what do you know? Yeah. What happened? Um, what did you learn in history class? Yeah. Did you just learn America was like the biggest pain in the ass the whole time? Yeah. Or like, whereas we never learn about you, you probably are like, oh, these fucking Americans, like once again, getting involved in shit. So like I was saying, the Americans were pretty much going after Canadian cities to try to screw up British trade and British like profit. Um, but once Napoleon had been defeated at Waterloo and exiled <laughs> in what? Waterloo. Great song. Oh my God. I was like, she's going to start singing Waterloo. I'm not going to sing because I'm a really bad singer and everybody would stop listening very genuinely, but I'm singing in my head and like was defeated at Waterloo is like a lyric. So now I'm going to sing it for a while and I'm going to so think about it. I've never heard this song. What? Yeah, I mean, was it in the Mamma Mia movies? It was it was in Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> if you're going to tell me you haven't seen that, you need to go watch it. It's a masterpiece. I, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen okay. it. I, it's so fun. I don't even know why I haven't seen it. I don't I think, either. <laughs> I thought I was like, I think I was just like, really? We're doing this again? I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters twice. I laughed when I was like, here we go again. And I was like, that's literally how I feel about this movie. <laughs> um, it's like, it doesn't make sense. And like Meryl Streep's barely in it and whatever, but it's fun. Isn't she like dead? I mean, yeah. That's but such she, a bummer. She's in part of it, but she is technically dead. Um, I saw this TikTok the other day that had this theory that they actually were all dead. <laughs> I feel like that's the theory for everything. Yeah, I know, but it was like, and I never really seen the movie, but I kind of know the premise. Like, she's pregnant and she's like trying to learn about what it was like for her mom to like raise her alone. Yeah, and so it's flashbacks to like her mom with each of the three guys. Right, and her mom is played by what's her face, Lily, Lily. James. Oh, 
she Beautiful. is so stunning. I want to cry, first of all, because the first time I saw her was in Downton Abbey. And I was like, this woman is fucking flawless. And then she was fucking real life Cinderella, which was even oh, better. Was so pretty. In and that. then she also dated Matt Smith, who was the 11th doctor and also my favorite doctor. In oh, doctor yeah. And there were rumors that she was like dating Chris Evans. And I don't know if those are real rumors or not. I did but if see those. And that is Hot. If there's anyone that's going to end up with Chris Evans, that's not me. I'm very we'll happy that it. it's her. <laughs> yeah. You should enjoy Mamma Mia too, though. It's very good. Okay. I do love her. So, I mean, I'll probably I'll probably watch it. What else am I fucking doing? It's yeah, 2021. Exactly. And we can't leave our houses. So, I don't even know where I was. Okay. So, the uh, British. Waterloo. We were at Napoleon. Defeated at Waterloo. <laughs> okay. So, Napoleon was defeated at Waterloo in um, April of 1814. And the British were able to use all of the troops now that Napoleon had been defeated and was being sent to exile uh, to fight against the United States. So the British were coming at the Americans. Um, and the ultimate goal, I guess, strategy for the British was to draw the Americans away from Canada. And basically, they gave their commander strict orders to not go too far inland and instead carry out military operations like along the coastline and not attempt to hold any territory. It was kind of like... I don't know. The impression I got was like, just destroy and move on. Like, don't try to like take shit back from them. Just like make it a really big pain in the ass for them. So <laughs> here we go. Throughout much of 1813. <laughs> I can't say it. I just hit my mic. I hope it didn't sound too bad. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't gonna write his full name in there because I was like, it's no. gonna be too hard to say. No, you gotta say have... it. Okay. So <laughs> the rear admiral <laughs> I am 12. Oh. I'm 12 at this moment. Okay. His name is George Cockburn. <laughs> However, I was watching another video that pronounced it Coburn. And I no. don't know if that's because <laughs> because they're having the problem we are, right? Or if they were just like no, like no high school kid's gonna take anything away from this video unless we change Cockburn to Coburn, so we have to change it. So this guy's full title was Rear Admiral <laughs> George Cockburn. Rear Admiral. So we're gonna just keep saying Cock because it's so much better than Co. Oh yeah. And his troops basically spent their whole time terrorizing coastal communities near the Chesapeake Bay. They took a winter holiday to Bermuda with his troops um, sure. in this. I think it was the winter of 1813. And then they come back in 1814 and he basically returns to the U.S. coast in February and starts to set his sights on Washington, D.C. Um, and he's been noted as telling a superior that the city, quote, might be possessed without difficulty or opposition of any kind, quote. So by mid-August of 1814, about 4,000 extra troops troops bleh, joined Cockburn and his troops in the Chesapeake. And D.C. was chosen for a couple of reasons. First off, the Americans had destroyed a lot of Canadian cities, like I said. Um, they had like pillaged them, burned them down. And so a lot of people argue that specifically choosing DC was like a big F you to all of the destruction that they had caused Canada. The second is that logistically, the city itself was pretty poorly defended. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it would be a huge embarrassment for the US if their capital city was basically captured slash destroyed. Well, that would. Which... 
typing that made me feel many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so leading up to the attack on DC, Cockburn, mm-hmm. Cockburn created a base on the Tanger Island, which was basically in the middle of the Chesapeake. I think it still is. And he puts out this proclamation that invites all enslaved Americans to join forces with the British um, to basically fight the Americans off, you know, kick them out of their city and destroy what they can. Um, so it's at this time that President Madison who is now the president. It's no longer Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison had actually wanted to establish a new military district that had at least 2,000 regular U.S. troops in D.C., as well as about ten to 12,000 militiamen that were in reserve. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> only a small fraction of this number was actually rounded up and gathered prior to 1814 because the Secretary of War at the time, John Armstrong, was pretty unconvinced that the British could actually or would actually strike the capital. This is this next part like kills me. So Armstrong was supposedly so strong in this belief that he refused to change his mind even after receiving an anonymous letter that gave detailed descriptions of Cockburn's plans to invade. There was also a plea from Washington's mayor who referred to the city as, quote, defenseless. And if that doesn't sound too fucking familiar, I don't even have words. Yeah. Like, they had full warning and nothing was done about it. Um, so that's really the lead up okay. to where we're at. Okay. I'm going to let you take over and destroy shit. Yes. Yeah. This is basically, again, all the war stuff's boring. So this is just a list of, like, stuff they broke. Um, but it'll be fun. So basically, I love you put that. I mean, said at some point it's just like, and then they burned this, and then they did this. <laughs> um, but basically, so first the British win a victory at one of the battles happening, so the Battle of Bladensburg, and when they win that victory, James Madison starts to be like, "Oh no, they're gonna, they're gonna do some shit," right? So right. he and a bunch of members of like. The government, so his cabinet members and higher up people, as well as high ranking military officials, they all just flee the city. They're out. They stay overnight at like this town in Brookville. So it's a small town in Maryland, and it's still today known as the United States Capitol for a day. Oh, okay. So that's kind of cool. It is. It's also one of the things like the only thing that's ever happened here is James Madison slept there one time. This is all they've got. So it's the United States Capitol for a day. We're going to hold on to this for as long as we can. Milk it. Yep. And he spent the night at the house of a Quaker man named Caleb Bentley. And Bentley's house still stands and is known as the Madison House today. It wasn't the Madison House. It was the Bentley House that Madison stayed at. Exactly. But Bentley let him stay there. So they're leaving, which same. And so <laughs> that is also what I would do. <laughs> so meanwhile... A bunch of sappers and miners, so people who are like very low level on the Royal Corps of Engineers, they Sapper? are sappers. Yeah, like I think they get shit from the trees. Oh, like literal sap. That's what I assumed, like District 7. Oh, no, no, wait, I just Googled it. Oh. Uh, it's a fun. soldier. <laughs> Yours is way more fun. I'm picturing a bunch of dudes with those like sap oh, nozzles. Yeah. Just, like, jamming into trees um no these are soldiers responsible for tasks such as building and repairing roads and bridges laying and clearing mines etc okay so basically same with the miners like just workers yes okay um they are all employed in burning the principal buildings in the capital so captain blanchard is in charge of this and he actually said that it seems the american president was so sure that they would capture the attackers that they had the house like set up with like food and places and basically like oh we're gonna capture them and had planned for it before they fled 
And oh, he's wow. like, oh, we showed up and there was food everywhere. He's like, we ate all this food. We had a very nice dinner. And then <laughs> we went for it. So he technically did set it up for them, not realizing right. it was not going to be held in the way he was planning. Exactly. <laughs> very hospitable. Um, and so they're going after the Capitol building because it was considered at the time, quote, the only building worth seeing in the area. Huh. So most of the other buildings weren't fully completed or like as grand as they are now. Right. And so the, the Capitol was like the big building. So they well, wanted it's to- funny you say that because like I forgot to mention this before, but DC had only been the capital for like 14 years. So right. like they had just moved from up north. So really they were really not even they weren't even there 15 years, 20 years. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Right. It wasn't fully established like we think of it today. So these soldiers, they get to the city, um, they target the capital. And they started in the southern wing, which was um, which was the House of Representatives. And then they moved over to the northern wing, which was the Senate. So they were kind of on opposite ends of the Capitol. Then they set it on fire. That's my whole bullet point. <laughs> they started setting it on fire. And they did try and be kind of like strategic about it. Like they didn't burn halls or lobbies or anything that was considered an escape route because they wanted to get out. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're trying to be smart about it, but then they go in and they they start looting the building. So they like start taking stuff from the Library of Congress and the Supreme Court, mm. which as an aside, obviously at no point am I going to participate in an insurrection or storm the Capitol. But if I did, the people who were like reading emails had the right idea because everyone just got up from their computer. Right. So like, I don't care about right. like burning your building. I want to read the good shit. Like, yeah. I want to read I Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi's emails to each other. That's oh, what I want. The fire? <laughs> or, like, the lack of fire. Just, like, the cold. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I yeah. want. Not, yeah. not anything like else. The, like, like, the capital T. Right. Like, I will not hurt anybody. Just... I'm not going to steal shit. Just information. <laughs> right. I'll leave it there. I just want to read it for fun. And FBI, we're just kidding. We're literally oh, the yeah, most... Oh, yeah, just kidding. Like, this is hypothetically... Liberal like, people. I, again, I'm not going to do anything. I'm a wimp. Just right. <laughs> if I, like, was forced to be there, the only thing that sounds appealing is reading someone's email for fun. I'm terrified of breaking the law. So. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Um, but these people stole a bunch of stuff. And so some of the things that were listed were, like, accounts of the receipts and expenditures for the united states so like boring stuff but they took stuff from like the president's room and books from the library of congress that contained all these historical records so nothing that was super like juicy they were just taking whatever they could find right right but the intention was to burn the building to the ground so like they were taking stuff because they were there but they're trying to burn it to the ground but what happened is they set fire to the southern wing and it spread so quickly that they basically ran out of time to get enough kindling oh, um, shit. to get over to the northern wing like they planned because they were planning to burn them separately. Right. So they could get out. Mm -hmm. But the Library of Congress basically acted as that kindling. Right. It was thousands of books. Right, that's going right. to catch on fire and spread. Right. And so it does end up burning pretty severely. And in addition to all of these documents and everything in the Library of Congress, a lot of the original architecture ends up lost. Um, one of the crazy things I read was the skylights melted. Oh, like shit. The, the heat was so intense that all the glass and the skylights just melted. But the entire building wasn't ruined. So like there was a rotunda in the house, certain lobbies and staircases, um, some of the some of these like famous columns, they all survived. So pieces of it did survive. 
but yeah, the, I saw that too. And I'll yeah. talk like a little bit about that in my segment. Yeah, the wings themselves basically were gone. Right. Um, and so at the time, the superintendent of public buildings of the city of Washington said that the loss amounted to about $787,000 combined between the North and the South wing, okay. um, which is about $110 million today. That's still not a lot. I mean, not that I'm like downplaying that, but that's still like, I don't know. That's like a, that's like a Monday for Jeff Bezos. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I would have thought it would be more, but I guess there really wasn't that much built at that point. Yeah. I think that's what, there wasn't that much built and like most of it was probably basic materials. Right. And there wasn't yeah. like value to like the books in the Library of Congress, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Because shit had just happened like 20 years before, and they're like, oh, is that guy still alive? All right, have him rewrite this. Like, oh, right. And it, there's not like monetary value necessarily to count there. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So after they do all this to the Capitol, they head on over to the White House. And this was so weird to me. It was like Dolly Madison. So she's still there, the first lady. I saw this. She just like is still fucking there. And the husband's like, I have peace. So he fled with all the government officials and she got a letter saying, be prepared to get out. And I don't understand how she got this letter quickly enough, first of all. <laughs> Letters take a long time now, much less then. Yeah. And I don't understand why he was like, I'm out. You stay here. But I mean, I guess it's like some secret service shit. Like the president has to survive, but his wife doesn't. Like, I, guess, I know I that sounds it. terrible, but, but also, like, yeah. And I don't know if this is why she was still there or just like convenient, but basically he was like, save as much shit in the house as you can. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the valuables yeah. and historic stuff. And she's actually super responsible for a lot of that. Right. She does. Well, so she does, but she also gets a lot of their slaves to help. Oh, Which, yeah. A lot of articles said servants, and I was like, those, no, wrong oh, word. Fucking enslaved people. Come yes. on. A lot of, so like Dolly and James Madison have a lot of enslaved people at the White House. They get enlisted to help move this stuff, um, right. as well as to get people out, different staff and things like that. So mm -hmm. Dolly Madison organizes it, but there's a lot of enslaved people who are helping with it. Right. And so there's one guy named Paul Jennings, and he was James Madison's personal enslaved attendant. So I think like his little, right hand guy in his view yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he was an eyewitness and so later in his life he bought his freedom from dolly madison after james madison had died and in 1865 he published a memoir and it was considered like the first white house to or the first memoir to come from inside the white house wow um and so there were some quotes about this event so one is quote it has often been stated in print that when Mrs. Madison escaped from the White House, she cut out from the frame a large portrait of Washington and carried it off. She had no time for doing it. It would have required a ladder to get it down. All she carried off was the silver in her reticule, as the British were thought to be but a few squares off and were expected any moment. So there is this, like, thing that comes up a lot about she saved this portrait of Washington. And he's I like, heard that. I saw that in my yeah. research, too. And he's like, no, she did not. I believe some of the enslaved people did. Save okay, it, but, but like, it's supposed to be like she single-handedly cut Washington's portrait yeah. and like, and he's like no, it she, was saved. He's like, no, she took her silver and ran. Ugh. Um, and so he Damn. said the people who actually saved the painting and removed a lot of the objects were a man named John Seuss, um, who was a French doorkeeper, Ooh, and then cool. McGraw, who was the president's gardener, is the one who took it down and sent it off on a wagon along with. Um, some large, like, silver pieces and other valuables that they could get to quickly. Right. And so when the British did arrive, 
they basically ate all the food in the house, drank all the wine in the house that had been prepared for the president and his family. Right. But they weren't able to get a lot of the valuables. Um, so Dolly Madison is credited with that. Obviously, like she kind of organized it, but a lot of these other people helped. And that came out later in the memoir. It would be kind of cool, though. Like, I'm kind of envisioning, like, showing up to, like, the fucking White House, right? Not, I'm not even going to use the White House as an example because I don't want to be arrested. But, like, just imagine going to this, like, like big-ass expensive like, mansion and, like, you've got, like, a feast of really good food and some chill-ass wine. And, yeah. like, everybody just, like, hangs out and parties and gets wasted and eats all this shit. And then, yeah. like, you just, like, light a match. <laughs> you just, like, Bye. burn it. That's, that's cool. literally what they did. They burned the home. Yeah. They added fuel overnight after they ate all the food. That's um, cool as hell, man. That's how I want to go out. Just like yeah. pop a flame and I, give me some turkey and that's it. And I will note, so in 2009, Obama held a ceremony to honor Jennings. Um, that's awesome. As a representative of like the different enslaved people's contributions to save the painting and valuables. So yeah. he, I mean, obviously by this point, he was no longer, none of them were alive anymore. Right, but it's the, it's the recognition of the fact that enslaved African Americans like built the fucking capital. exactly and like saved and all like this saved. Yep, yep. Um, so after they burn down the White House, they do add some fuel overnight, but they just they just keep on trucking, going other places. Mm-hmm. So first they go to the National Intelligencer, which is a newspaper. Okay, but a bunch of local women actually get them to stop because they were afraid their own houses were going to burn down because they were in such close proximity that oh. all these like women went and I guess begged the soldiers, and so they decided not to burn that down. Um, yeah. they did tear the building down brick by brick. Uh, but they didn't, but they didn't light it on fire. Yeah, so. <laughs> and it was our friend Cockburn. He wanted to destroy the newspaper because its reporters were particularly negative about him. They had branded him <laughs> the ruffian. <laughs> and so he's like, fine, we're not going to burn it down. We're going to tear it brick by brick and order a bunch of it destroyed, quote, so that the rascals can have no further means of abusing my name. I saw that and I literally thought, wow, even back then they were making fun of the name Cockburn. But Fair. then I realized it probably was just the fact that he was like a, you know, crazy, like military guy who was like yeah. destroying a bunch of shit. Yeah, it was, like, politically, they did not like him. Right. So then they went over to the Treasury because they figured they would find money there. Which, again, that should probably be your first stop. But I mean, that's totally fair to assume that. Right. But there isn't any money there that they can find. It's just a bunch of records. So it's, like, years and years of records. So Mm -hmm. they're like, fuck that. And they burn that down. Um, and they burn a bunch <laughs> this of what we wanted. Yeah, they burn a bunch of other small buildings. So, like the Department of War had a building, whatever that is. So they keep burning. The irony. Yeah, whatever's <laughs> in proximity. But the files from the Department of War and the State Department had all been removed, so mm-hmm. they were able to save a lot of the records. The only thing lost there was like some recommendations for appointments in the army and like seven-year-old letters. That type of stuff was lost. But all their official records and stuff, someone had the foresight to get them out of the building. Where is this shit now? Is this, like, what's in the Pentagon? Maybe. I don't know. I was just like, I know there's not a Department of War building. Yeah, like, I mean, I've I've been to D.C. like a handful of times. And I don't actually know if I've ever been inside the Capitol building. Um, definitely never done a tour of the White House. No. But I have been to pretty much all of the Smithsonian's 
like is it Smithsonian? The Air and like Air and Space Museum and this is the War Department split into the Department of the Army, Department of the Air Force, Department of the Navy. And then renamed the Department of Defense. Oh, okay. So then this has to be within the Pentagon. Because the Pentagon has like all the, I don't know, fucking secrets and shit. Yeah, that makes sense. But it was just the Department of War at the time. But someone got most of the stuff out, so they were good. And then one of the buildings there was the first U.S. Patent Office building. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, and it was saved by this guy named William Thornton. And so he had been previously the architect of the Capitol, and then he was the superintendent of patents. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, so passionate about this patent building that he basically negotiated with the British to save it. And they left it untouched. I think it's because he argued, I was watching this or reading this somewhere, like, they weren't destroying uh, private property. They were only destroying public. And so he was able to say, like, no, if you destroy these patents, you're destroying people's private creations. Like, you are responsible for, like, these things that other people have created and obtained or whatever, like. That's yeah. the equivalent and they, like, of putting their home down. And we're like, okay, well, and it literally was like the only building left untouched. Yes, yeah. Some of the buildings were not touched or burned by the British, but Americans actually burned like the Navy Yard and some other military property early on to prevent capture of the weapons. I was just going to say, is this like some of that, like, uh, what those Russians do, the like uh, scorched earth, where it's like, yeah. You don't want the enemy to take it, so you just destroy everything? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then I just have this note, and I have LOL, which is not funny, I guess. But (laughs) in one of the afternoons, like, one of the generals sent um, 200 men to secure what is now Fort McNair. Okay. It had already been destroyed by the Americans, but there was a bunch of gunpowder left. So there was, like, 150 barrels of it. So he was like, go get that gunpowder. And the British were there trying to destroy it by dropping all the barrels into a well and then it ignited and like 30 of them exploded. Wait, how does it how does I don't it ignite know well? how gunpowder works. I don't know any of this. I just <laughs> been picturing them dropping it in a well and all of a sudden all the barrels exploded and like 30 of them died and a bunch of people got really injured. And again, oh, it's not funny. It's just like, it seems like a good scene from a war movie. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. we're getting the gunpowder. Oh, shit. Imagine how heavy those barrels must have been, too. Like, that must have been really hard. And then all of a sudden, it's yeah. just like, yeah, not that's good. crazy. So basically, they're just like running a rampage through the city. And it literally, the fires, some of them go for days. It's just like all out chaos. Yeah. And then what happens is about four days after the attack started. So most of the fires had been burning like two days. Um, But about four days after that, there's a huge storm. Now people believe it was a hurricane. But they didn't know that at the time. It was just a big storm. Right. Um, I saw something. Or they said it was like a tornado or some shit. There's also a tornado coming. Oh, there's a different. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're fine. So there's a hurricane and that puts out the fires because of the amount of rain. Okay. The hurricane spun off a tornado. So it passes through the center of the Capitol and it on its way lifts two cannons into the tornado and drops them a few yards away, killing both British troops and American civilians in the area. So, like, no one set these cannons off. The tornado picked them up and dropped them, and they went boom. Oh, no. Oh, I'm just thinking that they landed on people. I didn't even think that they would have exploded. I, it that sounded from what I read. Either way, it killed people, but... Oh, I'm sure it exploded. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't doubt for a second that, like, it dropped and... I mean, you're talking about, what, 18, 14 quality cannons? Like, they can't possibly be super stable. Right, exactly. And then you just get dropped. Right. And so after that, the British retreat to their ships, which their ships are pretty badly damaged because there's a hurricane. 
right? right. So in addition to all this other stuff that might have happened to their ships, it's I don't want to be on a boat during a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some say, like, historically that the storm is what forced their retreat. Okay. But some people also say, like, they weren't intending to occupy it. Their only order was to destroy the city. So they would have retreated anyway mm-hmm. because they had already, like, met their goal. Yeah, that so- seems probably accurate yeah and so it might be the reason they got on like at that moment was the storm but they probably wouldn't have stayed to occupy it for longer right and for the entire thing of the fires lasts about 26 hours this entire like siege and so they call it the storm that saved washington it became known that over the years however it caused a lot of damage as well so it put out all the fires which is obviously good But the rain kind of cracked at all the walls of the White House and, like, ripped away at a lot of structures that hadn't been burnt. Right. So, right, even, like, the patent office, which is not touched and is standing, a hurricane does damage to a building. Mm -hmm. So, in some cases, the storm, like, exacerbated what was already happening. Um, I did find a, a little aside that there was an encounter noted between our friend Cockburn and just, like, a random woman who lived in Washington, D.C., (laughs) <laughs> and he said, dear God, is this the weather to which you are accustomed in this infernal country? This is a special interposition of providence to drive our enemies from the city, the woman called out. Not so, <laughs> madam, he retorted. It's to aid your enemies in the destruction of your city before riding off on horseback. So he's like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, oh, it's to make you leave. And he's like, no, it's going to be worse. So everyone's right, I guess, in that case. But I did like him, like, we're occupying, we're, like, burning your city down. And he's like, is this what you people do here? It's so British. I know. I can, like, hear him be like, my God, is this the weather that you always deal with? And it's like, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, welcome to fucking D.C. We don't screw around here. <laughs> yeah. And so this all is in, like, like the August 26th range. Right. Um, Madison returns to Washington on September 1st. Uh, He issues a proclamation then calling on citizens to defend the District of Columbia, which it seems a little late for. Uh, Yeah. They already left on their (laughs) terms. That's like so stupid. That's like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, and stay out. Like that's the whole attitude that I'm getting. Exactly. So he does that. After a couple of weeks, Congress begins assembling again in um, the post office and the patent office buildings. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'll leave it to you for the aftermath. But that's, I mean, literally this could be a couple of bullet points. It's like they set everything on fire and then it rained yeah. and then they were like, bye. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They basically did what they were ordered to do in the sense of like, yes. don't occupy anywhere, just give them hell. And that's pretty much it. Right. And it was an embarrassment because it was their capital city. But right. it's actually interesting because the way that some other people are going to respond to this, like globally, are going to kind of like shit on the British. So at the time following the destruction, most American observers condemned the actions of the British as, quote, needless vandalism. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) That's just seeing that like triggered me like needless vandalism. And I was like, yeah, this is like there's just something so different, though, because this is obviously like an enemy nation as opposed Mm -hmm. to your own fucking citizens. So it's like. But even some members of the British public were shocked at the British's actions, and they were mildly displeased by the burning of the Capitol building and the Capitol city. But a lot of mainland Europe had leaders that basically denounced the actions of the British because they said that 
even during the worst of the worst of the Napoleonic Wars and even during like the French Revolution when capital cities had been like repeatedly occupied, they had always been spared. Like nobody destroyed a capital city. It just was like, I don't know, I guess the code of war. So it was kind of like shitty of the British to go in and deliberately destroy a capital city when that wasn't like, quote unquote, the European norm. Um, And it seems very like... I kind of use the words like overkill because it does definitely seem like the British were just like get in there and like screw them. You know what I mean? Like these fucking colonists, like we're the goddamn British (laughs) destroy their democracy. Like it just feels. Yeah, it just feels very like, you know, like childish, honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, even to the point where some members of parliament were critical of Cockburn's actions and they were like, he shouldn't have acted that way. And like, nobody really did anything about it. On the other hand, there were just as many, if not more members of British society that thought their actions were totally justified, especially after they saw the way that the Americans had destroyed Canadian cities. There was also this like, again, childish, uh, childish sense of, well, they started it. So what the fuck did they expect kind of attitude? Um, Like you declared war on us. Remember, like we're the motherfucking British. We're going to bring it. You know, like (laughs) that was very much I feel like their just general response to it. Yeah. And it actually caused a lot of people to compare the destruction of D.C. to the destruction that the Americans put upon in the city of York, which I think is now modern to modern day toronto okay i think it is yeah yeah it is it is okay i did actually look that up whoa (laughs) um in a letter to thomas jefferson the rector of york (laughs) so many good words this episode (laughs) named john strachan he basically wrote this letter to jefferson that was basically saying that the damage to washington was quote a small retaliation after redress had been refused for burnings and depredations not only of public but private property committed by them in canada quote so like again this is the whole well americans destroyed our city and they didn't just stick to public buildings they also destroyed private shit as well right Eventually, the British retreated to Bermuda, um, and they actually took with them two pairs of portraits of King George III and Queen Charlotte uh, that they had discovered in one of the buildings. I do not remember which one. Um, and I only bring this up because Queen Charlotte is in Bridgerton. <laughs> Once again, it's making I its, mean, that's true. It's making its debut or not debut. Well, yeah, probably debut in this podcast because we're sh- probably going to talk about it more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not this episode, but it will come Eventually. back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, he's so hot. Okay. <laughs> this is like me fangirling over fucking Ian Summerholter again. Oh, but there's something so much purer about what's his face about Simon Hastings. Yeah, I can't. I also just want to say <laughs> this is like a total sidebar, but it's very important that I say this. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with anything. I can't believe how little women actually knew about sex in like the higher society like i've always knew it but i never understood like the yeah. level of naivety yeah i get i don't know could you imagine the first time that you're doing it and you're like oh, what is no. this no, no, what no. is this no you're gonna <laughs> I, do what I, right <laughs> at least to know maybe like if you're choosing to like you know not have sex until you're married that's fine but like you at least know how it works generally and like what's going to happen versus like these women not even women these girls that were just like sorry i'm supposed to do what with that you're into what now it's gonna go where right 
<laughs> right. It's just like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, I totally digressed. Speaking of this, reconstructing Washington, D.C. was very important. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> so like you said, Madison and military officers returned to the city just a f- like a few days later. I think you're right. It was like they came back September 1st and they had left by the 26th or 27th of August. So yeah. Congress didn't actually return for another three and a half weeks. Which I thought was kind of interesting. I just feel like Congress does like to take its time. <laughs> like, always. Then again, like, this time, I mean, it wasn't as bad, obviously. But they were like, no, we'll just go back tonight and do it. Yeah, well, well that was great. I was like, oh, oh that's cool. I'm glad I you're not going to like, symbolic than anything. Of, like, I mean, I imagine that it would have looked really fucking bad if Congress had been like, nah, we'll yeah. just, like, wait it out a couple days. Like, especially because they actually couldn't, though. Like, time, we literally did the episode on yeah, the Electoral they, they College. Yeah, well, and I guess it was probably also like a symbolic thing, right? Like they were trying to stop what Congress was doing. Right. So Congress right. was like, well, we're not going to let you stop it versus right. like, we burned everything down in a war. Yeah, exactly. And and in this case, they did stop Congress for a little bit. Um, but mean, eventually, fair, if my office burned down, I'd be like, yeah, I can't come in for three weeks. Oh, straight up. I'd be like, right. oh, no, I won't be in forever. Like. I can't even imagine. Although now with virtual teaching, it's like, I don't care if you're in fucking Alaska. True. Like, I have to still teach, but True. I'd rather do that than go into the building, to be honest. But. Yeah. So eventually they reconvened on September 19th at the Blodgett's Hotel, which was one of the only surviving buildings in that area. And that was big enough to hold all of the members of Congress. Um, they also met in the U.S. Patent Office, which we already talked about. Um, and they basically held Congress there from September to December of 1815 um, until the old brick Capitol building was completed. So there actually was a movement in Congress to consider moving the capital city after the burning. I think they felt like it maybe shouldn't be more. It really shouldn't be too much like on the coastline or as close yeah, to the like coastline. Yeah, like accessible like that. Right. They were like, we're kind of just like a sitting duck here. Um, and so the like people in the north wanted to relocate uh, the capital to Philly or another prominent northern city. Uh, but the southern states said that moving the city would be degrading to the American sense of strength and dignity. But they also didn't want to have to move the capital north of the Mason-Dixon line. So yeah, that, was like, that was like the real reason. But they yeah. were like, you know states rights or whatever the fuck so anyway on september 21st uh the house voted to strike down this proposal of relocating and when there was this sense of like a threat of moving the capital itself uh washington property owners started the process of funding rebuilding the buildings as well as building the old brick capital in order to guarantee that dc stayed the capital because i imagine that they had a lot of like money and resources invested in Washington, D.C. being the capital city. Uh, So they began building the old brick capital. And it cost about $25,000. And I did not look up how much that is. So I kind of want to see what that is now. $25,000. I have Sapper still in my Google. (laughs) $25,000 in 1814 worth today. Okay, so that would be... About five hundred and sixteen thousand eight hundred and thirteen dollars. Okay. Yeah. So like half a mil, basically. Um, which yeah, you know, um, small loan of a million dollars. And so that's actually where the current Supreme Court now stands. Um in the old capital, old brick capital. Uh, and it was actually mostly funded using the sale of stocks. 
Construction started on July 4th of 1815 and ended. What? Oh, on July 4th. Right. Yeah. I actually thought so too. Yes. Yeah. I didn't actually realize that until uh, right now. Um, (laughs) I kind of saw it and I just saw like July 4th. Okay. And then didn't really think about it. Yeah. It probably was done that way. Um, They were probably like, it could be the third or the fourth. We might as well do the fourth. Right. Yeah. Like we're ground, we're breaking ground on this. Um, And it was actually built pretty quickly. So the building of the old brick capital began in July of 1815 and ended in December of the same year. And that's where Congress eventually moved to and met there for several years until December of 1819 when the Capitol building reopened, although it wasn't fully complete. So the restruction, reconstruction of the Capitol, restruction. Restruction. the restruction, <laughs> making up words. Uh, the reconstruction of the Capitol building took a lot longer than they originally anticipated. The old brick Capitol was built in five months, but the Capitol building took 12 years to be finished. Damn. So Congress had established a committee to investigate the damage to the city. And it was basically determined by this committee that it would be better, aka cheaper, to rebuild the buildings that already existed and were damaged rather than building entirely new ones. So they didn't want to, like, you know, tear down what was left and start over they basically wanted to like literally rebuild it yeah um which i think is actually kind of cool but again we also have this being you know slave labor is being used here so again like rebuilding the capitol building was very much like physically um on the backs of enslaved uh, americans so on february 13th 1815 president madison and congress passed legislation to borrow five hundred thousand dollars to repair the buildings quote on their present sites in the city of washington so if that's five hundred thousand dollars back then that's got to be a lot now a lot like well, if you think the seven hundred thousand was like 110 million so yeah so this is like what a hundred and like 75 million i don't know yeah yeah okay. that was a million math. dollars no one emailed me <laughs> Many maths. <laughs> don't email me. It, it took many dollars. <laughs> Please don't harass us. We're not math people. No. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Um, like I said, all of the um, buildings were going to still be on their present sites. They weren't going to tear anything down. They were just going to rebuild. Benjamin Latrobe was the architect of the Capitol who took over the project back in 1803 after the first guy that you said had designed it, I guess, quit Wait or died or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was rehired for repairing the building. And with the half a million dollars, he was able to rebuild the two wings and the central dome. But he was uh, <laughs> he was fired in 1818 for being, quote, difficult, <laughs> which Sorry. is like so cool. Like, I think if I ever get fired, I want it for being no, difficult. No, because when a girl like, gets fired for being difficult, that's different. Yeah, that's true. But like still, like, I love that there's no specifics. Just like just difficult. difficult. He yeah. was annoying. <laughs> Yes, like it could have been he was really good at his job, but he was just a pain in the ass that nobody wanted to deal with. Yeah, that's like pretty much the vibe that I got. And so Charles Bullfinch, again, awesome names in this Mm -hmm. episode, uh, took over the project and the renovations were completed by 1826. Bullfinch modified Latrobe's design by increasing the height of the dome, which is actually pretty cool because that is really what it's known for today. Um, And as the public buildings began to be reconstructed, the property value of the land surrounding the area became increasingly more valuable and it started to drive more and more people to migrate or move i guess over to uh the outskirts of dc uh which is pretty much where people would remain until the civil war some 40 ish years later 
And that is the burning of Washington part one slash first time. I mean, that time it worked a lot better. Yeah. So that's good for us. And it's definitely a different type of like. Yeah. I mean, it was an act of war also. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely uh, is interesting to think about how the only time that the capital city of the United States has been attacked was by the British and white supremacists. So, yep. Oh, man. And it is what day? We're <laughs> 17, 18 days into 2021. 18. Oh. 18 days. Okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the Siri first just month said doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you, Siri. It's Monday, January 18th, 2021. Thank, thank you, Siri. You. I fucking know what day it is. Okay. <laughs> the first month doesn't oh, count. No. <laughs> Let's just like start over in February. Yeah. That's like where I'm at. <laughs> All right, folks. That is it. Um, so keep looking out for some new stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as like a shameless plug for us as the uh, episode comes to a close we are going to be starting to put out some stuff based on the surveys that you guys completed for us um you know we're looking into doing things like merch we've had a couple people reach out with patreon like really fun things that we're still uh trying to figure out what that's going to look like for us but definitely keep following us and um you know don't you know be a part of any insurrections Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and let's hope anywhere on wednesday well it's too late now But <laughs> it's too late. Hopefully, you didn't go anywhere on Wednesday the twentieth. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope that we're still like we still have podcasts on the internet after yeah, that day. Same. Um. <laughs> oh God, that makes me want to cry. Oh yeah, no. If there's no internet. Cool. I'm out. <laughs> it's not even worth it. No, nope. <laughs> not even trying anymore. <laughs> like, what would we do? Nothing. There'd be nothing to fucking do. Yeah, no. I if the internet or the air conditioning goes, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I get most of my books online in the sense yeah. that, like, I'll borrow from the library, like, from on my Kindle, so it's because it's like easier. So, like, I don't even have books to read. Yeah, that's true. All right, don't burn anything down. Don't be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Don't see forever. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone we'll go watch Bridgerton. Soon. Everyone go watch Bridgerton, and that's it. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to what the history please remember to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at wt history pod if you'd like to email us you can do that at wt history podcast at gmail.com and we'd love to hear feedback or episode ideas or anything else you have to say you can support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash wthistorypodcast and get exclusive access to even more nerdy stuff. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday when new episodes are released, and we will see you next time. <laughs>